0: This is Cultivate a Good Life, Episode 86, Pondering the Pandemic. Welcome back friends and welcome back Becky Proudfit. Welcome back you Becky Higgins. <laughs> it's been a minute.
1: It seriously feels like it's been like six months.
0: Well it feels like that and what people should understand is that on the back end of this work that we do, we've mentioned this before, but we batch work, we batch record and mm-hmm. so a lot of the recording that we did thankfully before everything hit the fan in the U.S., was done. We did so much ahead of time. In fact, we have lots of episodes coming up that are already recorded, which is amazing. But for us to actually like um, get together and record from a socially distant standpoint. I want to point that out. Yes, we are in the
1: same room. (laughs) And I am
0: going to take a picture because we are
1: more than six feet apart. It's a little awkward. And Becky has not been in her home for... Several days, so there's no virus that could survive on any surface. We are <laughs>
0: practicing all the safe techniques. You know, it's hard, it's not hugging you. That's I know really awkward.
1: No, it is. I need I need a hug. I guess I'm hugging my husband and my children. Yeah, but...
0: I haven't felt the void because of my family and yeah. I make them give me hugs every day. I'm but... being touched a lot. Maybe touched too much, actually. <laughs> I'm still feeling a lot of snuggling
1: touching with my kids, which is wonderful. Wonderful. And also there are some moments where I'm like, could we
0: just not touch mom for an hour? Oh, That'd be that crazy. makes sense actually when you're all quarantined together. Yes. And yet, like with you, because I haven't seen you in a little while, I want to give you a big hug and say hey friend, But we can we don't. we're not going to do it we're just we're like we've been our family's been quarantining now
1: since before it was mandated Mm -hmm, like we mm -hmm. are really being careful and Mm -hmm. with the business that my husband owns we shut the office down Mm -hmm. oh it's almost been three weeks ago now right so before it was mandated um so we have been in firm
0: quarantining for quite a while now it's tricky It's tricky and it's hard, but it is reality. It's what we're facing. And that is why we've come together to talk about all of this. This is a really um, special episode given the state of the world, Mm -hmm. the entire planet right now. And we honestly look forward to it. We actually put off doing this for the last couple of weeks. We wanted to, like everybody else, talk about it straight away, like as soon as everything hit the fan. And we've just kind of let it... Everything just be... We've let it marinate for for a minute. Because we don't
1: want to have this episode be like COVID-19 and what you need. Like, so not that. Mm -hmm. But we want to go a little bit deeper to just kind of what our deeper experiences have been. Yeah.
0: And we hope you find value in this. This is something that we were really intentional about is not necessarily sharing... Um, specifics of you guys should do this or you should consider this or this is um, how you can manage this or that. Like there's a lot of great information out there. Um, Sometimes it feels like too much information. And so really this, we hope, comes as a breath of fresh air of just a couple of your friends who are sitting down to chat together to chat with you um, and to kind of wrap our heads around what's going on and how we're feeling about it all. So we are looking forward to this conversation very much. But let's first hear a quick word from this week's sponsor. As we navigate through the unchartered territory of this global pandemic, we want to champion the cause of small businesses. These businesses, like many of our sponsors, depend on the ongoing sales of goods and services through this tough time. It can be instinctual with the future being so unknown to stop spending, hunker down,
1: and keep our money safe. We get that. While we are in no way encouraging you to spend money you don't have, we do want you to consider that it is by continuing to support businesses that we
0: contribute to the future success of our global economy. For sure, it's most important to consider what is right for your family. We are incredibly grateful for our key sponsors that support and make the podcast possible. We would love it if you would consider supporting them during this time when business has all but come to a screeching halt. We partnered
1: with our handful of key sponsors because we believe so deeply in the value they bring. Shine Cosmetics helps us all look and feel our best through affordable cosmetics and their efforts to uplift and empower women. Rad Swim has an amazing line of modest and fashion-forward swim apparel, giving families everywhere the opportunity to shop the latest trends and promote a healthy love of personal identity and self. Ryla Pack has created a minimalist bag that helps women on the go have the essential items organized and reasonably sourced as we go out in the world and share
0: goodness betty zip up bedding created user-friendly bedding and home products that help us to make our homes more beautiful functional and peaceful The founders of each of these brands have poured their hearts and souls into creating products that would bring goodness to the life of women everywhere, which is why we continue to feel so passionately about sharing their brands and products with you. We have a discount code for each of these brands and several others. And when you go to my Instagram page at Becky Higgins LLC, you'll see a saved highlight bubble called discounts, save money, support awesome brands, and keep cultivating a good life. Well, you know what's really fun about this episode? Do you want me to tell you? Okay. What's so fun?
1: (laughs) That we're actually recording an episode. Well, there's that. That I'm seeing another human being who did not come out of my body.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. And also what's fun is, you know, we both have had so many different um, thoughts during the past few weeks and observations, but... Fun fact that Mm -hmm. I think would surprise our listeners because they know how close we are. We haven't actually been talking a whole lot.
1: I don't know if you've
0: recognized that.
1: No, I have actually. It's kind of felt weird. I just need you to
0: tell me that you've missed me. That's all. I
1: totally missed you. But first we went up to our, our cabin, our family cabin, which has no cell signal and very limited internet. And so I really couldn't call anyone. Mm-hmm. And then
0: as I was coming home, you were going up. Mm-hmm. And so we've kind of been... We've kind of missed each we've other. We've been ships passing in the night. But mm-hmm. I, I thought a little deeper than that. I thought, you know, there's something interesting that I've recognized about myself. I've always known that I'm very like 50-50 introvert, extrovert. Yes. Like I really thrive in with other people and I also really thrive in my alone time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm grateful for that split. Like that's true to who I am and I'm never apologetic about it. With this pandemic and this quarantine, I have noticed myself retreating inward, not in a bad way, in a really self-reflective kind of way. I've gone into my home, I've gone into my family, I've gone into my own thoughts. And what's interesting about that is I've also been thinking like, but how do I help others, right? So it's Mm -hmm. that inward, so I can get that figured out so that I can then go outward and help others in any way that I can. yeah, And so anyway, that's kind of a long way to say I've noticed that you and I haven't been chatting a whole lot like we normally do because mm-hmm. I think we both have been so hyper-focused on what matters the very most in our relationships, which is with our families, of course. Right. And so it is good though to come together. And we we don't know exactly the direction that this conversation is going to go <laughs> to a T. We usually don't though. That's fine. That's right. normal. <laughs> um, but I know that we both have a lot of thoughts that we wanted to share with you. So I don't know if you want to kick things off or if you want me to. back, what are you feeling? So I'll kick it off. For it. One of the things
1: that has been going through my mind is um this phrase buffering mm. and we use buffering you know it can be a defense mechanism it can you you know addictive behaviors can be buffering behaviors watching tv all these different things and kind of having your life grind to a halt which yes is happening during the pandemic but to be honest it happened during cancer it's happened during some of my pregnancies like this has happened to me before this mm-hmm. is not totally new territory um it's just a different flavor it is, a, it's mm-hmm. actually pretty close to cancer though. Cause I really did have to stay away from people and wear masks oh, when I went outside. That's so a that, very that's interesting comparison. Um, okay. So this isn't the first time that like my life has come to a screeching halt. Um, and I'm looking at all those different buffering behaviors. Um, one thing I've noticed with friendship um, is that when I am so busy doing all the things, the soccer and my son plays rugby and school things and all the different things, um, a lot of that kind of um, gauges my social interactions a little bit. Mm-hmm. Makes like, hmm I've I've had to make more effort to have meaningful interaction as I've wanted and needed it um, in my friendships. Like having the buffers taken away mm-hmm. has caused me to have to be more intentional with my time. But within the first week of quarantining, I was like, I'm really glad I don't have anything to do. Like, hmm. I didn't realize how exhausted our family's life was until it was all taken away. Like, hmm. and, and I was grateful. Like, I was really grateful to have it all taken away. As things were canceled, I was like, yes, yes. Like, Mm -hmm. are my daughters in a musical right now that got canceled? And I was so excited that it got canceled. And soccer is canceled. And all these things are canceled. And the reaction I was having was that of excitement. And when I had that excitement reaction, it kind of stopped me in my tracks and was Mm -hmm. like, whoa, if I'm so excited about this, like...
0: Interesting. Maybe I have not been noticing some things in my life. That is so interesting. Let me just acknowledge that I have a feeling that a lot of our listeners will relate to you. And I'm one of those in terms of um, feeling... grateful that so much was being stopped just because of the, not because of the the virus, not right. because of the awful things that are happening because of this pandemic. But from a standpoint of logistical family life, mm-hmm. that a lot of us are caught up in this busyness and this go, go, go. Yeah. I also felt gratitude for like, oh my goodness, there's a forced pause. Mm-hmm. I also want to acknowledge that a lot of people feel the opposite of what you're expressing because they feel like their life was stripped away for them. So before we keep going, I just want to say, we know, we fully know and appreciate that everyone's experience with this worldwide situation mm-hmm. is so different. Um, but I am really glad that you brought that up because I do believe that a lot of people felt grateful for the pause yeah, and feel grateful. We're, we're in the thick of it, guys. We're only a few weeks into this at the time that this episode is coming out. And we've got a ways to go, don't we? We do.
1: Actually, here um, in Arizona, actually, our kids' school has been canceled through the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And so our kids... End of the school year. End of the school year, yeah. yeah. So our kids won't be returning to school right now until August. Um, hopefully if in August, everything. in the clear by August, right? But I wanted to, to bring back to if you're feeling um, that sadness, and I think it's normal to feel sadness over, you know, if things you love doing are no longer you're able to do. Like, I get that. But I also wonder how much of that is like fear. You know, for me, whenever I have a negative emotion, usually like underneath whatever negative emotion I'm having, somewhere buried, hidden is fear. And I think for me, um, it has made it easier being that everyone else is in the same boat Mm -hmm. with cancer. It was a little harder because everything was screeching to a halt for us, but not for anyone else. And so this has actually been quite a bit easier where I don't have that fear of like, Oh man, if I pull my kid out of soccer, is she going to be so behind? If I pull my kids out of school, are they going to be behind? Because we're all in this like similar circumstance. So in a lot of ways, I think it is like the perfect time to appreciate that. Like we can have this pause and It's not going to affect anyone adversely as far as like academics or, you know, sports things or, you know, the musical thing. Like we're kind of just all in this together. Like we're all in this pause together, which is kind of cool.
0: Yeah, it is. I agree with that. I think that there's something cool about that in terms of the unification. We're Mm -hmm. being unified. We are. We are just um, demographically in our communities, but globally. We're globally feeling a lot of those same things in terms of the the interruption or the pause, however you want to frame that for yourself. We're all
1: having like a trauma experience together. And the thing about trauma is when you have these struggles and when you go through it with people, it actually creates this really Mm. amazing connection. Mm -hmm. You know, this, the shared experience of, of hardship actually strengthens relationships or strengthens good relationships. It can. Yeah,
0: it can. And we should look at that as an opportunity to strengthen those relationships. And I, to the, to the point of what you're saying about the trauma, I would, I would like to identify it as a one form of loss because Mm. when a lot of people think of loss, they think of death. But I've learned, especially with the work that you and I have done on a very personal level with doing a podcast, um, I have learned a lot about how loss can look like a lot of different things, including the loss of what your former life was. Right. And so a lot of us are feeling the loss of something that was a very instrumental part of our life that now is no longer, whether that's work related or your kids activities related or social related or any of that, like a lot of us, no, probably all of us, everyone listening in some way is feeling a loss of some kind. Yeah. And so acknowledge that, I think it serves mm-hmm. you well to acknowledge, like, oh, that could be why I feel sad. You yeah. know, and I'm not saying everybody feels sad, right? Because mm-hmm. everyone has a, it, sad, maybe isn't the word to describe right. how everyone feels because there's not one word that can. And there's not one way to process. There's you not. Know? There's yeah. not. Depending but I, on who you are and your experiences, you may right. be grateful or
1: sad or extra happy. Like, you just don't know. And for most of it, it's a lot of things. Right. Yeah, <laughs> a exactly. Us, a lot of minute us have a lot minute, of feelings. Really.
0: <laughs> yeah, for real. So. Yeah. Um, what else has your, your experience been like in terms of, you know, when you said you had to kind of take a hard look and go inside deeply and figure out like, huh, interesting that I was so celebratory of all these things being right. canceled. Have you learned some things about yourself th- these last couple of weeks or have you had yes. some insights? Oh, okay. to the, all the yeses. Okay. See, we're really catching up here. Yes. Yeah. So we haven't hiked yeah. together either, right? you guys. I know. We haven't I've had been these- doing
1: so much hiking. My family has been doing like extraordinary amounts of hiking so all over the state of Utah or Utah, Utah all the state of Arizona we, you know why cuz we were looking today to see if Snow Canyon was still open cuz we're like we could actually oh, like camp and Snow still Canyon. maintain distance and you guys when we went to movara
0: and we're going again as you know in January with all of you who are signed up to come with us Snow Canyon is the main place where we do a lot of extensive hiking yeah. and you guys it has such a special place in our hearts it's magic it is magic so anyway that's why Utah so, talk-
1: yeah, we were thinking, man, could we go to a campground and still do like oh. distancing, and could it could be okay? And we have we actually have a really large van we could sleep in, so mm-hmm. we're like, we could maybe make this happen. It's not going to happen. Oh, dang. but um, <laughs> we have been, we've it's worth been doing a thought. It, right. It was worth it was worth a thought and a dream. But um, I realized that there were a lot of things that I always was curious about. So hmm. homeschooling has been rattling around in the back of my head. I've it talked has. to you about a mm-hmm. bunch of times um, for a long time, and it was a real possibility, but never I never had the courage to like pull the trigger because mm. I didn't feel like you know situations were bad enough, or the kids didn't need it, and it probably you know just thinking about would it be best for our relationship, or would it be catastrophic? Would it backfire to put them through a change like that and have it backfire would be awful, and. Same thing with my kids' activities. My daughter is in competitive soccer, which is super mm-hmm. expensive and time-consuming. Mm-hmm. Um all my kids are very active in different things and I never was able to like get the courage up to make some of these big jumps in our life. And I don't know if they were right at the time or not, but it's giving me the opportunity to be courageous and do these things that even though I like pride myself on being like a fearless life gal. Um, it's trying things that I always wanted to do that have been knocking around the back of my head. Homeschool has been such an experience for us.
0: Wow. You didn't even have a verb or a verb, a, um, a descriptive word with the experience word.
1: Because you know what? It has is it been- literally the training my children to be self-sufficient. And that is kind of the main message is, this quarantine is making me look at myself and answering the question am I physically self-reliant am I emotionally self-reliant Church is cancelled am I spiritually self-reliant do my children know how to be self-reliant and some of some things have come up where I'm like oh you know what some of these buffers have been masking areas that we need to be more self-reliant in um, emotional self-reliance has been um Has been a big one. Because like you, I I pretty much identify 50-50 as introvert, extrovert. And loving this time alone, I'm like... Clearly, I was not getting that side of me. That need was not being met. You weren't getting enough of it. I wasn't getting enough of it. Yeah, okay. And and same with my children. It's been Mm -hmm. very interesting watching my kids, particularly my high schooler, as he has, you know, been in touch with his friends here and there. But, you know, all the hangouts and all the activities they would all do has obviously not been happening. Mm -hmm. And watching him kind of go through that process of maybe – not detaching from relationships but becoming less dependent on the affirmation of activity to be, you know, defining his the quality of his day. Mm. I mean, okay. I won't say self-worth, but really the quality of his day yeah, and his that makes life sense to a teenager um
0: absolutely has
1: been really profound. Hmm. It's been really interesting. And so it is. It's make it's making us all be more courageous because we're having to face things that we may or may not have ever had the courage to actually face. And for that, I'm incredibly grateful.
0: I agree with you. I think that that, um, you know, I don't think anyone can argue with how um, introspective we're all feeling right now because Mm -hmm. it's a completely unique circumstance that we're all in And so I love that you're talking about self-reliance because I don't know that there's anyone listening who hasn't been introspective about their own self-reliance in Mm -hmm. lots of different ways. Lots of ways, Physical, mental, emotional, social, spiritual, all of it. Like Mm -hmm. we really are looking inside and going, how are we doing with all that? Strip away all the other stuff, as you call them, buffers. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of good stuff. It's not like they're just buffers to be buffers. There's a lot of really good and meaningful and fulfilling activities and things that we're all involved in. but But do they really matter? because i'm gonna take
1: lucy's soccer because that's been a big one for us Mm -hmm. is i want her to feel like she can she can take this as far as she wants to and she loves it and she but i have to ask myself like am i giving her an underlying message of her over identifying in her soccer playing Mm. am i doing enough to make sure that she knows that she is not a soccer player. Like she's a human being who also plays soccer. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it's, it's causing me to look really hard at that because in, in helping her kind of reach her goals and, you know, dream and be able to accomplish what she wants to. I also want to make sure she's not over identifying. Same with work. Work has changed. I don't want to over identify in work. Mm -hmm. Like I don't, I don't, I don't want to rely on my feeling good about myself that, you know, heaven forbid, we, we weren't able to like record all those, we would have had to take a pause in podcasting. And mm-hmm. if that happened, am I over identifying to the point where now this like causes me emotional, like distress. And I think there, in an interview that's coming up, we um, talked to our friend Mandy Gubler, and, and she describes codependency in a way that I have never really heard it described. And it kind of has given me like food for thought now for several weeks totally. of like what am i codependent on in my life? And to be honest, like there's there's more than what i thought. Mm-hmm. Like i am a little bit codependent in some areas that i was not really super aware of.
0: Which really i think you can look at that as not necessarily a problem, mm-hmm. but more of an awareness. Totally. And i think that's what you're saying especially after yes. we had that awesome conversation with Mandy, like Becky said that there'll be an episode coming yeah. up. But it's really had you thinking, and I would agree with you, it has you really thinking about where in your life you are possibly Mm over-identifying. And I've really appreciated our conversations, even between the two of us, and what that looks like. Um, It's something that we talk about in one of our upcoming courses that we've been telling you that we've been working on. Like, over-identifying with certain areas of your life is a really um, critical component to self-reflection. And yeah. it's really um, significant in helping us to know how to best move forward in a meaningful way without mm-hmm. being um, trapped into some of these codependent situations. Well, it's establishing situations.
1: a baseline of peace in your life. Yeah, And when you have that foundation, which I totally have spent a lot of time um, building a really sure foundation in our house and in our family, and, and that's something I'm very mindful of all the time. But this pause Mm. has given me the magnifying glass to be like, okay, there's a little crack here and I don't want it to become a problem. So I'm going to really look at that and examine and see why, why I'm feeling so sad about the loss of activity, because it's probably not about the activity. It's probably what I perceived the activity was bringing to my life or how I was over identifying in it. Like I want to take those cracks and really address them because we're really sitting with ourselves and it's uncomfortable. Like it's a little bit uncomfortable. For me, it's been a lot of awesome with moments of uncomfortable. Um, but the discomfort is telling and also super good. Like I'm really comfortable. I'm really comfortable with the discomfort. I was going to say you're really
0: comfortable with being uncomfortable. I know how much you love discomfort. You know what I really love about this is that we're in the thick of it right now, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to come out of this This isn't like the world isn't like exploding next month. Right. And, and so there will be another side to this. And so I think what you're talking about is such a beautiful emphasis on let's take This as an opportunity, everyone's situation is different. And we'll talk about Mm -hmm. that in a minute, the different types of struggles that are happening on a much more personal level, let alone the global pandemic. But this is an opportunity if we want it to be, to get really Mm self-reflective, very introspective about, like you say, the cracks Mm -hmm. and where we can fill in some of those cracks and make sure that we're being super intentional and mindful about these different areas of our life so that when we are on the other end of this. We've figured out some things that we didn't recognize before. And you guys, that serves us so well. It really that does. That sets us up for so much success coming what out of this. Because the one
1: commodity that we always talk about in our family that like it's not the money, it's not that we are lacking in time. Like that time is our most precious commodity. And right now what we have an abundance of is not toilet paper or paper towels. (laughs) I can tell you that for darn sure, but we have an abundance of time. Yeah. And to be flooded with a resource that is normally so scarce Mm. is kind of remarkable. Yeah. And what we do with that time going, you know, post this on the other side of, of what's happening, I'm going to be much, actually I'll say it this way. I'm going to have to fight the urge to go back to exactly how it was. Good point. And I I'm keep telling myself, I don't have to ever send my kids back to school. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll ever do. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is I don't have to fill my life with any of these things mm-hmm. that we're so grateful to have a break from right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That has to be an option in our heads. Yep. We don't I love have that. to go back to any of it. I love that. I also um, know that we have some of our listeners who do not have the gift of time. We have a lot of people who work on the front lines, a lot of healthcare providers, a lot of people who are working in various types of jobs that don't have this, this beautiful option of being stuck air quotes, right? Stuck at home. Um, And I think that a lot of them would express if they were here sitting around with us, I wish I had that time. I wish that were the commodity that I did have. And so I just want to, you know, on behalf of both of us, just express so much gratitude for those of you who, who cannot be at home the way that you wish that you could be quarantined, right? Because of your circumstances, so please know that we're aware of you. We see you, and we so appreciate you. Truly,
1: um, those are like the serious heroes. For not, sure, not just the healthcare workers. Um, both Becky and my husbands are both in the industries that are essential, and mm-hmm. so have actually Taylor's been working quite a bit more since this all hmm. happened and he'll continue to work much more. I think, um, those are the serious heroes. Like even the, the
0: grocery store people. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Cause they have to go to work. They have, they have people to. still have mm-hmm. to work. Food still has to be provided. Yes. And there are people in so many different types of jobs right now who wish that they, they didn't have to go to work. They wish that they could be quarantined. Right. And man, we just love you guys. And we mm-hmm. thank you for that. You know, back before we move into some other th- thoughts I wanted to share, you mentioned that you're, you're taking this as an opportunity to kind of try things that you haven't done before. Mm-hmm. Homeschool was the one that you really emphasized. Has there been yes. anything else? I'm just curious that you have done that's maybe different than a few weeks or months so, ago.
1: as you know, I have a deep desire in my heart to be really proficient in yoga.
0: Like okay. I have a deep... Deep I'm not desire. laughing. I'm not laughing at you. <laughs> I've talked about no, this I'm, so much. I'm giggling because I don't know this about. No, no, no. About the yeah. quarantine. Oh, that I've no, been no. You getting guys, into Becky and I are legitimately catching up yeah. in front of you. So, like, yes. tell me about your yoga quest. So this I, is amazing. Um,
1: so Taylor and I have been laughing because our personality differences is I very much embrace the adjacent possible. So yeah. I go from step one to step two to step three. And Taylor will be like, well, if we're going to do this, we're going to go and we're going to go step one to step 10. If we can't go to step 10, like it's just not going to happen. Okay. So (laughs) I have not been doing like insane yoga. So our good friend, Amy Tenney, who was a a past guest on the podcast, Uh actually has a YouTube channel that we've mentioned before called Amy Tenney yoga. And she has like 15 minute yoga works out workouts um, different for different things. And we have been doing family yoga. Stop it. Like every single day. Stop it. In the
0: morning. Are you serious? I'm 100% serious. Oh, this, this makes me so happy. So I'm making a note to myself that we will link to Amy's, yes. um, podcast and YouTube channel. Yes. One YouTube or the channel, other. Yeah. Um, the show notes. Is,
1: And she just has probably 10, 10 to 12 workouts. She just came out with a new one called Um, Yoga for Quarantine, and it's like 15 minutes. Uh Um, Generally, they're between 10 and 15 minutes, and there's one for like if your neck is hurting or tech neck or your hips and whatever. And so we've been doing a lot of hiking, and I've been making it, a daily practice to do like 15 minutes of yoga
0: I love it I don't
1: feel like I'm any better but I'm so thankful that I'm just like doing something yes like I'm doing something that I've really wanted to do Aww.
0: for a very long
1: time I love it and that has been I love it also you know what else I'm doing tell me so you know I'm like a, a lover of the learning like I yes. can't stop sometimes I physically have to like stop myself from consuming like so much. Like learning information. Mm-hmm. Like I, I overwhelm myself. Mm-hmm. She's a little bit of an overachiever, you guys. Big time, which we'll is. talk about later in the episode. Yeah. Oh, I am an overachiever big time. Um, and I really, I love it. I love learning new things. I also, I'm a huge reader. Like I am an avid, avid reader. But I haven't read a fictional book in eight months to a year. Because mm-hmm. um, I've just been considering other been the kinds priority. of information. Yeah. Right? Um, other kinds of books. So I have, I bought a book series. Okay. And I am now two books in to a really fun, like fictional book
0: series. Okay. So So fun.
1: returning to my fictional book loving roots. Um, and I that has it. actually been really fun too.
0: And you've like, you're sincerely enjoying it. Totally. Good. Totally. I mean, not that you wouldn't be, but I am fighting feelings of like, Ooh, what could I
1: be doing to be more productive? Mm, I am very much fighting mm. those feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, With the yoga and the hiking, I can tell, like, I see how that is the direct result. But sometimes it does feel a little bit like self-indulgent. And I'm examining, like, why does reading a book that is not, like, you know, based in psychology feel indulgent to me right now? So that's a thought I'm pondering okay, well, as I read my books.
0: You know, life isn't the same right now.
1: Well, it's totally not, but honestly, right? I should be able to read at any given time. I I shouldn't say I should. I want to have the kind of life where at any given time I can be reading a fictional book and feel 100% wonderful about it
0: and not have thoughts about and not have thoughts about being self-indulgent you're not being productive Correct. in other ways. Yeah. Correct. No, that's interesting. Yeah, good so for that you. has been
1: really fun. That's so good. We've been I'm doing so a lot of cooking, a lot of all kinds of things. Good for you. I want to hear about your quarantine experience. We've been talking a lot about of- about me here. So, <laughs> it is the Becky show.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's been Let's hear about it. Well, listen. I it's been really interesting and it has been a blessing. And I say that with caution because I know that this pandemic does not feel like a blessing in the slightest to some people. So, well, the pandemic I'm, is not a blessing, no, let's be honest. It is people not. getting sick and
1: dying and medical, like this is not,
0: yeah, not Not not, awesome. Not the best. I just am a big fan of taking what is a struggle Mm -hmm. on a global scale or on a very deeply personal scale and framing it Mm -hmm. in a way that serves me well. And the pandemic is tricky and there are a lot of interruptions. There are a lot of concerns. I've also felt tremendously blessed that you take running a business, for instance, there are a lot of things that unfolded and took place and happened within my own business for the past year Mm -hmm. that have apparently set me up for not a crisis with my business. And I would have never known that a year ago or three months ago, I would have never known that closing my office would be a huge blessing in 2020 for me to look back and go, oh my goodness, Thank I'm goodness. so grateful right. that I don't have that. I'm so mm-hmm. grateful that the few employees that I do have work from home already. Right, you know, and that a lot of what we do or everything that we do happens electronically. The production of products we stopped that a long time ago, with the exception of notebooks, which are done domestically. Yeah. And by the way, they're produced domestically in an area that was hit by an earthquake. Mm-hmm. By the way, right, and so there are there are certain things that I I. I feel so grateful that it's not any crazier for me personally than it could be. And also, it's been really challenging Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And there's a lot of, you know, I I mentioned that my observation, this is where I'm going to kick off actually with my thoughts, my observations. I've noticed that while the pandemic is affecting everybody in some way, Mm-hmm. I am so much even more hyper aware of how many personal struggles are happening for so many people right now. Mm-hmm. I feel it for myself. I've witnessed it in some of my friends. I've seen it on social media and it is a lot. And it's, and it's heavy. It feels really heavy. Um, just to give you a few examples, we have um, a friend who... Um, lost their child to suicide right when this all happened. Mm-hmm. We have a friend who just experienced a super traumatic miscarriage. Um, we have a friend, I well, I have a customer or a, a follower on Instagram who's been in touch with me because she's in the middle of a divorce mm. during such a hard enough already time. But right. she had questions about documenting related to this divorce, the separation mm-hmm. that she's going through. We have another friend who almost lost her baby I don't know if you saw that Jordan Page. She talked about it oh, publicly, yeah. mm-hmm. and she yeah. just had twins and almost lost her baby girl. Yeah, um, we have another friend whose husband was deployed. You guys deployed? It could be for months. Yeah, because he's serving on that ship that's turned into a hospital yeah, off the shore New of New York. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much job loss happening, pay cuts, and we're not even talking about anxiety and depression that's on this major right. rise with so many people. And I'm not sharing all of this as like, oh, let's get super depressed now because there's so much hard stuff going on. I just have ob- observed and I've just noticed that there is almost an inclination in some people to compare their trials. Mm -hmm. Somebody might share something on social media and they immediately get kind of this backlash or this attack of like, that's nothing. When really you guys, like we're all suffering in some way. Mm -hmm. You will never hear about some of the personal struggles that Becky or I face on a a super deep level Mm -hmm. that are not for public knowledge. You will never hear about... You know, someone else that you know of in the public eye, or even somebody that's a close friend to you, you will never know everyone struggles, but everyone struggles, everyone hurts, everyone has different things that are really, really hard. And I think that, you know, going back to what you were saying earlier, there's something so unifying about the global crisis that we're all in. And I've been so impressed with some people on social media, because that's the main way that we all get to connect yeah. in this technology. Um, laced day that we're in. I've been so impressed with how um, how kind and how loving a lot of people are with regards to that sensitivity of knowing that this is more than just a global issue, but that we all are struggling in some way. And um, that's just something that I wanted to to bring up because I really just don't see the value in comparing trials. Please resist the urge to past judgment. If somebody looks like they're not struggling, but you're like, what the heck they should be? Cause I'm struggling. Right. Just know that everyone is, everyone is facing challenges. They just look super different. Our challenges are just as individual as our personalities and experiences. So
1: it's true. And I think that, you know, we were actually talking before we recorded and I said to Becky, like, I haven't actually been on social media a lot mm-hmm. because, um, there's a lot, um, in my life right now. Like we're, <laughs> I'm very grateful that I live in Arizona and I have trails that I can hike within a mile of my home. We have a pool that my kids can swim in. Like there's a lot about being quarantined here. That's probably a lot easier than being quarantined other places. And, um, I haven't wanted to like make, make light of the situation to say like, oh, we spent all day in the pool. I appreciate what you say because it's true. Like we all when when things get shaken up, whatever's like whatever cracks we're having kind of tend to like rise to the surface.
0: Well and for all of us. For all of us. And unfortunately that that comes about in fear for a mm-hmm. lot of people. Cause don't you feel like the overriding feeling that seems to be in the air for so many people around the globe and for good reason is fear. Oh and, totally. And that's That's an unsettling thought, right? It is. Like as somebody who has worked so hard to make sure that I'm making decisions based in love and not fear, and now fear is just kind of this thing that's in the air of our entire planet, Mm -hmm. it's really hard to watch so many people. I spoke of the good, but there's also a whole lot of not so good happening because people are fearful. Because they're reacting out of fear. They are reacting out of fear. And so I think my observation of that is just how important it is for us to understand like yes we're stressed yes we have fear yes times are hard yes our challenges are deep yes mm-hmm. to all of that and also we can still live our life out of a place of love can like we, i yeah
1: can i interject here i mm-hmm. as you were saying that i'm imagining like if if i'll just put myself in this place okay. it, sometimes If I'm feeling a lot of fear Mm -hmm. or a lot of anxiety, you know, I'll get on Instagram to like read something or, um, unknowingly uh, as I reach for connection, Mm -hmm. um, what I'm actually, I think subconsciously reaching for is comparison. Hmm. And that sounds kind of bizarre, but like, if you're in a place of like unsettled fear, I think that connection, um, with the outside world might be the last thing that you need. Hmm. honestly, um, maybe connection with a very trusted, safe, loved person, but, um, that might not be the time to reach out to like people in, you know, the social media world or to even get on and start consuming that stuff Hmm. because then it does become about everyone else's struggle and comparison and, and less about what you're going through because what you are going through, whether it's this massive thing that the world would recognize as, you know, a huge trial like death or, you know, those kinds of massive, very public trials, or if it's seriously like you having a clinical anxiety moment that is leaving you, you know, on the floor of your closet crying. I'm just, I think sometimes we look out, we look for validation in our trials like externally Hmm. when really what we really very deeply need is validation internally. I think with that's what a good we're going point. through.
0: No, that's a really good point because I have been feeling um, overwhelmingly lately that even though we're all, not all totally, but most of us are quarantined in a very real way mm-hmm. because we think that we still need connection. Yeah. I think that I think that people are probably on their phones even more right now. I Mm -hmm. think that they're scrolling or that they're looking too much, too much to the news or too much to social media. Or looking even
1: like, well, how is every other mom homeschooling? Or I need some new recipes when Mm -hmm. really like less is more Mm -hmm. like looking for recipes and things like that are fine, but you don't need to schedule your way out of this discomfort. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, that has been another big takeaway is I am realizing um, I can't plan right now. I, I can plan my days, whatever, but I am always like planning our next family vacation or our, you know, just the next events of our life. And right now, um, you know, being a business owner we don't know what the next couple of months are going to look like and our commitment to, you know, our employees and keeping everything going and, and it's, it's going great right now. But my point is, is like, I don't know what's going to happen in three months. And so I can't plan beyond like today. Right. And that has been surprisingly unsettling. Mm. And I realize that I have a little over dependency in, in my ability to plan, um, to, to plan things out long-term. And it's actually something I was talking to, um, my wonderful, I don't know if you call her life coach, therapist, amazing person. She's amazing. And we'll actually put her information in, um, in the show notes. Her name is Stephanie Mon and she is, she's just a coach. And, um, that was just, she's so amazing. You guys, I don't even know how to like we met her this. through Movara.
0: That's mm-hmm. the context. That's how we know Stephanie. So yeah. what, so what was she?
1: So I was doing cuz she, does, she Zoom does remote sessions. Counseling. Yeah. And so I was doing a counseling session with her and um, we were kind of kind of examining that of like what is it about planning that gives me so much comfort. Hmm. Like why is it why has this little discomfort with being present kind of arisen? And and me diving into that like these are such these are such good things, such, yeah. such good things. But a lot of the information I see, quarantine information is prepare and, and structure. And, and that might be so helpful for you. I'm not saying like that information isn't valid. Like that might be so helpful for you. But also like examine the deeper thought of like, I'm in a house with people that I love and, um, yes, the close proximity, it's like rubbing up against each other and you need to smooth out the rough edges for a little bit. But, but that, I feel like for me, that shouldn't be bringing me a level of discomfort. Um, I, you know, I need to learn to be more present and that has been a serious, serious lesson for me. That's
0: so good.
1: It is good. It's really good. Yeah. Cause you know me, I, almost sometimes over-identify with accomplishment and with of my goals.
0: Of course. And, yeah. um, well, that's what I love about yeah. what you were saying with the business that you and Taylor have is that, um, you know, and worrying about all those things and not knowing like it might be fine now, but what's it going to look like in two or three months? Who knows what
1: the economy is going to be like when exactly. all this is over? None of us know. Exactly.
0: And I love, I love though that you recognize that. I think that there are, I think there's a temptation for some to be overly concerned and to mm-hmm. stop life basically yeah um, because they're so freaked out and then there are some who are not putting enough thought into like you don't actually know what this is going to look like economically in two or three months right. or next year mm-hmm. and so I think that feels like a healthy balance to I'm know, not I'm
1: trying to even wrap my head around like what if the kids don't go back to school in August sure. like am I tying too sure. much of my planning on like okay they're gonna go back to school living in the present moment yeah. peacefully. Yeah. is something I felt like I had a really good handle on and I think I have I've made a ton of progress but I'm really um excited about the progress I'm making mm-hmm. and the impact that's going to have on me post quarantine. That's so good. Yeah. So
0: good, so important, so productive. I feel good about it. Yeah. Well, you know, another observation that I've made um speaking of social media, I have we were talking earlier about how self-reflection and introspection are such big things for a lot of people right now, as it should be. It's a great yeah. time for that. I've also seen a lot of self-expression and hmm, mostly through social media. Mm-hmm. But this is something that I observe because I am an expressor, as are you. <laughs> yes. Right? We uh, are very we're very expressive. We're expressive with the words. Expressive with
1: the words we and like the things. We like
0: to share. We value yes. writing, jo- mm-hmm. documenting, journaling. Mm-hmm. Like these things are very... Yes, mm-hmm. very valuable to us, and I have so appreciated that for some people, they thrive on humor, right? Yeah. Think about the memes that are circling around. Mm-hmm. I'm not a meme girl, like it's not something that brings me joy, but something- I love to laugh at them, and yeah. I feel like
1: I'm pretty witty, so I should be able to create yeah. memes. <laughs>
0: But I'm just not. Like these people have a
1: very special meme creation gift.
0: There's a lot of really good ones. There are some really funny ones. you know, I didn't think of myself as somebody who needed humor during a time such as this, because it doesn't, you know, if I'm asked to choose a movie, it's never really the funny ones. It's just not my love language. But then someone, a friend sent me a link to a whole series of memes, and I literally was belly laughing. And just, this is kind of toward the uh, beginning of the quarantine. And I was laughing so hard and I felt so grateful. I was so grateful to just laugh. And so I just wanted to acknowledge and appreciate that people who are using humor as kind of a coping mechanism right now, good for you. Yeah. Some people need to go deep diving and get super introspective and like, you know, pour their heart out on paper or on, on social media. And, um, I think that everyone has kind of a different way of looking at this and, and dealing through it, the crisis itself. And, you know, I was thinking about how we both identify with being 50, 50 split, introvert, extrovert. Um, we both value words when we, when we document and express ourselves Like that really helps. I want you to open, grab your phone back. Okay. I want you to go to Instagram right now while we're chatting shit. No, I was gonna have her do this. So go to your Instagram and go to your post from today. It's the one with the cactus flower. So Mm -hmm. when you guys see, you'll go to Becky Proudfit, you'll go to her Instagram post. I want you to read out loud the entire post, all the words. Yes, I am asking you to do that. I know. (gasps) Okay. I'm putting you on the spot. There's a reason. Okay.
1: It says, about this time of spring in the farmlands of Iowa, you will see tall towers of smoke coming from the land. The farmers are torching their fields to prepare the land for the promise of new growth. It seems counterintuitive, but the controlled burns clear debris of old crops left behind and return vital nutrients to the soil to prepare it for the new seed. The burning takes the dirt that is depleted or overrun and creates with it an environment that is fertile, ready for growth. I will never say that the fires are good. The fires of our life aren't good, and they usually aren't fair. They hurt, demand justice, and take time to heal from. Still, there is goodness to be found in them. In my life, the fires have been the catalyst for growth. Sometimes growth I accept, and sometimes growth that happens out of a necessity to survive. As much as I try, I cannot control the fire, but I can accept and embrace the learning that it brings me. I can hate the blaze and be comforted by the fertile soil that comes as a result. I can be ready to be taught while wishing with all my might that the learning didn't have to take this form. The good and the bad can exist as unlikely companions, one never completely drowning out the other. It all has its profound place in my life. It is a unifying reality in all of our lives. We have times where the field of our life is leveled, charred, and prepared to begin again. These times prepare us to receive, to receive light, to receive love, to allow hope to spring up and flourish. It keeps us from relying too heavily on the comfort of the autopilot of our daily lives. We become flooded with empathy and the ability to use our time to with pain, to walk with others through theirs. As we do, we find a precious kind of healing, not one that erases the past, but one that brings perspective and beauty to our brokenness. It gives us perspective that we can gain no other way. Remember that today's barren field becomes tomorrow's flourishing orchard. Oh,
0: thanks. So beautiful. Well, thank you. You know why I asked you to read that? Why? Because now I want you to tell me why you wrote that. So
1: I was actually thinking about two of our friends, um, Ashley and Natalie, who have had just the most profound run of tragedy on top of what is happening in the world. Mm-hmm. And I was actually at my cabin and we, my son and I were driving in, our, in a little razor through a field, um, and they do controlled burns in Arizona. And so we saw all the trees charred and they were falling down. And then I went home and I was Googling about like why they, why they did that. Cause it didn't seem very obvious to me. And, um, Up came this article about Iowa and some practices of the Native Americans and what the charring was supposed to do. And I thought about these different times in my life. And I thought about like the parallel between cancer and the time, you know, postpartum anxiety and this pandemic and the times when I have been leveled, when Mm -hmm. I've had every comfort and vice and, you know, codependence kind of stripped away. And those are the times in my life that catapulted me to tremendous growth. And my life on the other side of that was, I was able to accomplish things I would not have been able to accomplish any other way. We've talked a lot about cancer and going through that journey almost opened my heart and prepared me to say yes to a podcast where I'd like to think I would have said yes before, but I just don't know. And one of the things, with the trials of my life that has come up again and again for me is it is such a profound blessing and honor to use my pain and past trauma to be able to walk with people through theirs and to be experiencing trauma on a global level makes us all more qualified to walk with each other going forward. And to me, that is like, that is just the most fertile soil You could ever, ever imagine. Like, that's just such a beautiful thought to me. And so I wrote it because I like (laughs) to write things. (laughs) Because that's how I do. I process. I process through writing.
0: That's what I was going to ask you is why, Becky, did you not just think about that on your own and keep it in your own head? Why did you write it down? Because
1: I want to remember... I always think about my Instagram and the podcast and I don't, I might've been talking to you about this or my husband. Sometimes I can't remember (laughs) which one of you were involved in conversations, Uh but if I, if I got sick tomorrow and I died Mm -hmm. and my children went back and read the things that I have written or listened to the words of this podcast, they will know they will know a piece of me. Like there is a piece of me that will live on forever. Like the things I have learned from my pain because now I've written that and that's there forever. Like that lesson doesn't ever go away. Mm -hmm. Someone else can learn from like what I've gone through forever. Mm -hmm. And like to be able to be a, a permanent helpful piece in humanity Like that just brings, it doesn't change anything, but it brings me a sense of purpose with it when I'm able to use the stuff that I have felt and go through and learned to help someone. Like that just brings meaning to it for me. Okay. Take me. I know you have a whole thought here. Bring it on. I love
0: you so much. You guys, Becky did not know I was going to have her even think about that post, let alone read it out loud, let alone be questioned interview style. About like, well, why did you write it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me connect some dots here. I think that you you guys already are. But there is power in documenting. There is power in putting your thoughts in writing. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be an eloquent, proficient writer. You don't have to spell but check. But FYI, you become an eloquent writer by
1: writing a lot of crappy stuff and yeah. revisiting. Yes. Like, you do. That doesn't have... like do. yeah. Yeah. So...
0: So, it's a practice. So the point here to your point, it's a practice is you know, I I said at the beginning of this episode, we're not going to be saying like the to-dos and the tips and the counsel yeah. and the we just wanted to have an open-hearted conversation. I do want to invite you to write, document. Let me share a DM I got with you. This is just today and it, it's totally related. Hi, Becky. I've been a follower for many years back when you did your sketches books. I still have them. Um, in this stay safe at home time, I'm finally tackling my kids' albums and I'm blessed to have this time. My son is 18 and my daughter's 16. I'm turning 50 this year. And that brings me to my question. I have never seen or heard you discuss sharing how you record your years, your journey, et cetera, which I have, but Mm. I get what she's asking. Do you have books for your life? Your story, your life, jobs, volunteer, all the things that you are. I'm not sure where I should share and preserve my stuff. Long question. But as I pull my large piles out, I am watching you on YouTube with kids' albums and wondering, how did you tackle your stuff and your husband's stuff? Any thoughts or inspiration would be so appreciated. Mm. Jenny. And oh, Jenny, Jenny, <laughs> I am so loving that she asked that question. I know, and I it was I love all it. I could do to not post her question in my stories and yeah. answer it right there. So I'm just doing it here. I love it. Becky and I have been talking about these audio courses that we've been working on. We're getting so much closer. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some delay with pandemic related right. stuff, right? You can be you can understand that, but you guys, if you don't have any pieces of yourself documented and recorded Mm -hmm. the way that Becky and I have thoughtfully and prayerfully pulled together content and organized it and written it and shared it, everything that's coming together with these courses. Yeah. If you are feeling the little tinge of that little flame inside that this is your time and that you need to be writing or documenting or preserving some of the memories of your life, you, Mm -hmm. the person, this really opens up a whole new episode, which we're not going to do. But the answer to that question and why it ties into all things pandemic is Mm -hmm. I know that Jenny is like so many people right now. They're feeling that urge. They're feeling the need to document differently or more meaningfully or more. Than they have in the past because we're in a unique time. Yeah. And so don't ignore that nudge that you're feeling and do know that help is on the way. And it is on the way. So exciting. Imminently.
1: The timeline has been moved up. Like we are working, working, working to get this available to you. It's so good. But the thing that I want to, you know, I would love to say to Jenny, if Jenny's listening, Jenny's listening. Is Jenny, I love. (laughs) That you are recognizing that you have to be present in your story. Yes. And kind of rounding this out, um, the choices we make in our life are creating our story. When I write, I write because I get to know myself better as I write things. As I try to articulate the like jumble in my head and the impressions, the emotion I have in my heart, I know myself better because I have written it down because Mm -hmm. I've been able to in, in to become acquainted with my thoughts and my feelings by the act of articulation and it has served me so well not just for the people to come not just so that piece of me lives on forever but because of what it brings me today with dealing with this pandemic like
0: writing that healed me it heals me when I write all the amens there's so much truth in this, you guys. And I think that there's there's actually so much more I wanted to share. And I feel like we're at a good place to round this out and to be done. Because, Becky, as you and I continue to share on our own Instagram, within mm-hmm. our stories, things like that, like we will continue to share thoughts and insights. And we hope uplifting content and inspiration. One last thought that I do think is worth sharing um, is about grace. We just, I think right now with a lot of the noise that we're all feeling and hearing and perceiving and consuming, there's so much good intention behind most of it. Most Mm -hmm. of it, people are sharing what's working for them. Yeah. That's fantastic. But we do have to take full ownership of what we're consuming. I just unfollowed like 60 or 70 accounts last night. And I Mm -hmm. did it not because they're bad accounts. I only choose uplifting content. I'm super intentional. right? But because my own perspective has evolved in the last few weeks. My paradigm has shifted. Everyone's has. It felt really important for me to not, I still want to be on Instagram. I love Instagram. I love the connection. I love being able to share like you, Becky, I'm a writer. So I'm an expresser. I want to share the things, but taking just a few minutes to scroll once in a while, shouldn't feel like this overwhelm or the feeling, like you said earlier, the feeling of comparison. You don't even want to be a comparative person. And yet those feelings come up. I went through and unfollowed a bunch of accounts just because they aren't serving me right now for the needs that I have. That's something to consider, you know, be really intentional with those accounts. But my point in even bringing this up is, is really feeling and having and expressing grace for others, for yeah. yourself in every sense of the word. We are not in a normal time. This is a very unusual, unprecedented season. Yeah, It's a new chapter for a lot of us in so many different ways. Like I said, worldwide standpoint and also super personal. Yeah. What a beautiful time to just take a deep look inside, clear out some cobwebs, Figure out what's working for you, what's not working for you. Allow yourself, lean into that evolution. I'm such a fan of evolution. Let that be a gift. Choose the framework in which you decide to tell this story. Mm. And as Becky and I both like to say, like you are the author of your story. So you have this opportunity right now to truly live the story that you want to tell. Yeah. So think about that story that you want to be able to tell on the other side of this pandemic. It could be in a few months or in a few years or a few decades from now. What does that story look like? Identify it. And then when you do, you will be able to better live in that manner. You will.
1: I wanted to tell a quick story that Stephanie Mon again my amazing counselor, therapist, coach, awesome person, um, told me this week as we were on our call. She said, imagine you're on, you know, you're in a river. You're in a raging river. You have two choices, okay? You can allow the current to carry you, and you can appreciate that the current is carrying you and be with the current, or you can stand up and try to fight against it. And you're not going to be successful and you're going to get scraped up and you're going to get hurt and you're going to have bloodied knees. Which one do you want to do? Sometimes we have to just ride the current of what's happening, of what is, and the work that we can do, what we can control is the work we do within, within ourselves and what we take from it. So that is kind of my final thought as Becky here, will close, but Ride the current. We are all in this current and it can feel scary
0: or you can just ride the current. That's Stephanie. A love her. So much truth. Friends, we really hope that you feel something that you needed to feel today. We didn't want to shoot off a list of to-dos or, um, you know things to try or ways to cope, because that's not our job, but we are your friend. We hope that you feel that. We hope you feel our love, and we hope that you feel less alone and more seen and heard. And um, we really, really believe that there is power in being able to frame this experience as horrible as it can be there's also blessings that we can, each of us can find in this situation. So we thank you for carving out the time to listen today and for joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life. Nothing we have said is more important than the specific things you have felt that are personal for you. We invite you to write down those promptings you feel and most importantly, guys, act on them. We love you. We're cheering you on and we look forward to being with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.
1: How to get more harkins popcorn because i sure would like to know yeah. crew. sure do it's it's from your keypad baby Hello? something is pressing Hello? yeah
0: see i'm a genius what oh oh is that my problem crew is in the business okay. of taking over the world has yes. not been that long rebecca it, Backwards, has. Mike. it actually has it really it's has been, been a, minute. a minute it's been a minute you're good hey love yeah you're fine you need tech support Um, it's been tech support tech support he is tech support and with online school i'm telling you what everyone knows where to go when they have any questions at all they're like crew crew need you crew tech support i hate your internet
1: so deeply much you're welcome
0: (sighs)